Welcome to the WP Campus Podcast, a podcast for those using WordPress in higher education. When WordPress 5.0 is released later this year, the classic visual editor that we've known for over a decade will be replaced by a new editing experience called Gutenberg. The new editor will mean lots of changes for how we think about and interact with WordPress as content creators and as developers. My name is Brian DeConnick, and I'm joined by my colleague at NC State University, Jen McFarland. Our team just wrapped up a Guten Day, an all-day workshop for campus web developers where we shared everything we know about Gutenberg so far. Rather than do an interview like we usually do, Jen and I are just going to chat a little about what our campus is doing to prepare for Gutenberg, and hopefully you'll all find that useful. So, hi, Jen. Hi, Brian. So this is just like a day in the office for us. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for Jen's sake, let's get this out of the way real quick. Uh, Gutenberg has Gutenblocks. This is your Guten introduction or your Guten boarding, onboarding. Um, yeah, and for those of you at home, what you need to be doing right now is tallying up how many times Brian uses Guten in a prefix or a suffix because it's really gotten out of control here. Uh, on on Guten Day, I had a Guten burrito for lunch. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that doesn't even make sense. I mean, I won't lie, it's fun, <laughs> but it is excessive. Brian just loves this stuff. Uh, when he got here visiting us from Boston, we had a big sign for him that, of course, said Guten Tag. Mm. Yeah, which he appreciated. I did appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, I guess uh, if you have not heard of Gutenberg before, Jen, would you like to give a brief introduction of what it's all about? Yeah, sure. Um, you're going to have to do that for training sessions anyway. Repeatedly, right. Uh, so, I could just read it off our slides, but I'll try to be a little bit vaguely more entertaining. Uh, Gutenberg, as Brian mentioned, is the new WordPress content editor. Uh, It's very different from what we've seen in the past, both in the front end and the back end. Uh, It's written using React, which is a JavaScript framework, and it will be the default starting with WordPress 5.0 and going forward. It is much more, uh, I would say, sort of argue that it's much more simplified. It's certainly, if you look at our friends over at Wix or Squarespace, it's uh, found a lot of uh, inspiration from those sources. Uh, Very simplified interface. It's got the plus sign, a lot of iconography for what to do and how to move around. There's blocks, which are something that, again, we've seen in Wix and Squarespace. So there's... um, it's it's borrowing a lot from other places, but um, for good reason because it's pretty functional. So I'm, you know, I could go on for a while because I I have my own thoughts about the blocks and how they're going to uh, take over the universe. But for now, let's go ahead and leave it at that. Yeah. So um, our Gutenberg journey sort of started last fall. Um, we. Uh, and, we and actually, just, it's Brian's journey. It is. It, it's been a very long road for me. Yeah, you freaked us all out. <laughs> I did freak you all out. So, so we were sort of vaguely aware of Gutenberg all last year, um, but didn't really start to pay close attention until probably about November of last year. Uh, that's when we set up our first test environment. And I think when we first said, "Oh my God, I hate this! What What are they doing to us? They can't be serious." Right. And then promptly closed that tab and never thought about it again. Well, that's not quite true. Okay, didn't think about it again until Brian went to WordCamp.us. Right. So I, I go to WordCamp US and uh, and there's Morton Rand Hendrickson's uh, the WordPress of Tomorrow um, or WordPress in the World of Tomorrow, something like that talk. 
and uh, which, if you haven't watched it, it is interesting. And the state of the word with the live demo of Gutenberg, and then Matt Mullenweg dropped the big bombshell that he thought Gutenberg would be ready by April, and that was in December. And I, uh, I don't know if Jen remembers this, but I went on Slack and sent her a private message that had some strong language uh, about my surprise and my concerns about how quickly we were going to have to turn things around. I don't remember that specifically, but I may have blocked it out. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we are the web team for the central IT office at NC State, and we manage a lot of websites, and we have a lot of users, and there aren't a lot of us. There and, are four of us. Right, and... Four is new. It used to be three. Yes, there are. Yeah, so one of us is is like three, uh, five, six weeks old. So yeah. <laughs> so um, so the idea of the central experience in WordPress changing in a dramatic way in just four months was um, concerning. Don't panic! Right. Don't panic! Right, uh, and I guess we should also mention so. Matt Mullenweg said it would be ready by April. It's not really clear if ready means released or if ready means ready and then a couple of months and then released. But, you know, for it's it's never a bad idea to get ahead of things. And so we've been operating on the assumption that April 1st, surprise, WordPress 5.0 might drop. Um, yeah, and I don't necessarily think that that is true. Um, but I do think that if it... I will be surprised if it's not out by mid-May at the latest. If I had, if I was a betting lady, and I am occasionally, so you know, if we want to pull a little something on the side, um, <laughs> I would probably put it around like three three weeks into April or so. All right. So, uh, so yeah. So I came back from WordCamp US, and I said, "Hey guys, we need to freak out about this." And we started we responding accordingly. About it. Yeah. And so. Um, we identified three main audiences on campus, content creators, site administrators, and developers. Um, and again, since we're a big decentralized campus, uh, there are lots of developers working on WordPress projects that are not a part of our team and that we don't even really see on a regular basis. Um, and so that means that Gutenberg, since I think we were the only group on campus that was really keeping a close eye on on where this was going, that meant that Gutenberg turned into a communications problem very quickly. And it remains a communications problem. That may be like both the biggest struggle that we're having and the one thing that we haven't really done that well yet. So we've, as Brian mentioned, we had Guten Day, so that's out of the way. Uh, and we start training for all the other Guten classes um, Gutenberg for content creators and for site administrators, those classes start this week. But we have not communicated more broadly yet with the rest of campus. We've been mentioning it to our clients. We bring it up, you know, anytime it's relevant. But it's not something that we're shouting from the proverbial rooftops, um, although that's that's going to change real quickly here, too. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Guten Day a little bit, um, because that was what just happened uh, this past Friday. And... I think a lot of our time and energy went into making it happen. Um, so, Jen, do you want to tell us about Guten Day? 
Sure. Uh, I'm going to start by saying, well, this was a team effort. Uh, so all of us were involved in this in some way, shape, or form, and that is uh, Brian and I. Um, Brian has done a whole lot of the base work, and if you have visited our website, design.oit.ncsu.edu, you can see that because Brian's done the, a lot of the, pod, uh, of the blog posts that are in there. Um, so Brian's, yeah, huge, huge amount of effort in this. Um, but to that, we have to mention uh, two other names, Miles who's one of our other developers and has a lot of uh, JavaScript experience, including React. So we're definitely fortunate to have him and that expertise here because he has done a lot for the, the training specifically on building blocks. And then Lauren, who's our new person, who we're delighted to have and also has J uh, JavaScript experience, not specifically in React, but she's been jumping into that with both feet. And um, so, you know, we're all kind of working on that. Um, so the four of us kind of broke up the different things that we were going to be talking about for Guten Day. Um, Brian and I did most of the, the content that we went over in the morning, and that was things like, you know, what is Gutenberg? What does it look like? Um, we did some user testing on campus, which I'm sure we'll talk about some more. So we kind of let folks know what our experience was in, in testing our users. Uh, the questions about what that upgrade process looks like when it comes and uh, who should upgrade when. And then talked more about, for our developers, this was the, the basics of extending Gutenberg, um, how you can take advantage of, of all the shiny new stuff that's in there, including block templates, which we're, we're super excited about. So that was our morning. And then in our afternoon, we kind of broke out more to talk about uh, blocks specifically, how they're built, you know, both uh, generally and then also the specifics of what's happening with React and the styles and stuff that come in and, and play on that. And then we talked uh, in our smaller groups about building those blocks, doing designs, how we tie that into our brand here on campus at NC State. We had representation from our brand folks. And then um, I led another break breakout session that was really just talking about just project management and transitioning and um, some of the other strategies that we're working on for things like uh, trying to talk to our help desks across campus to do um you know, training for them and uh, sort of have resources available for people to point to. So lots, lots got covered. It was, it was a great day. It was really useful. Lots of good ideas. Right. And we, we tempted them there with homemade chocolate chip cookies. Right. Brian borrowed my kitchen and made like, seriously people, four or five dozen cookies. Like it's out of control. I think my kitchen still smells like chocolate chip cookies, which is a terrible thing to do to a girl when you just leave with all the cookies, but okay, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, before we recorded this podcast, um, we posted in the WP Canvas Slack asking if anybody had any specific Gutenberg questions. Uh, in the WP Canvas community, lots of people have sort of vague, I want to learn more, but nobody had, not many people had specific questions. The one specific question that we got uh, on a scale of one to 10. Before all of this, how scared of the Gutenpocalypse were you? And then after all of this, how scared were you? I love that question. Uh, yeah, Jen. How, question. How, so before we dig into the details of what we talked about on Guten Day, which I think will answer a lot of other questions, uh, how scared were you when we started all of this? Um, I had a, a pithy answer to this yesterday when I first read that, and now it's gone, um, which is really a pity for all of you. But the uh, I was I was really scared in December. 
I was less scared going into Guten Day because I felt like we had a good handle on things. And then I was more scared again coming out of Guten Day because there were a lot of things that we needed to take care of that I forgot. How's that? <laughs> Those are my phases. So, yeah, it's like a it's a variable. Uh, it depends on the day, you know, and the time and, and what else is on my plate. Because we have, it, you know, it's May, shit, March. It's March 6th. I just cursed on podcast. It's March 6th. And we are, you know, we're less than a month from April. And, you know, if you do the math on that, that's maybe 20 working days left. And there is a lot to be done. So all I can say is I really hope that uh, it doesn't drop on on April 1st. That being said, I also think that we're doing a good job. I'm so proud of my team uh, and so grateful to Brian and Miles and Lauren and, you know, and the rest of the team. The people on campus who are contributing, I do feel like, you know, NC State's in okay shape. And I do think that we're probably better than like 80% of the people out there. I, I, I literally know people who do WordPress stuff and, and still aren't really aware of what this means and the impact and don't have plans for it. So I, I think a lot of people are not prepared for this. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know what's going on, you're not alone. Let's talk a little bit about the user testing that we did in January, because I think that was something that was very useful and a lot of people responded to positively at Guten Day. Yeah, I think it really informed a lot about what we felt we needed to talk about. There were certainly some surprises in some of it. Um, and so I, I think that's really useful information for um you know, not just our, our content creators when we do that training, but our developers too, um, and everybody in between. So yeah, it was a great idea that of yours, Brian, to do that. And I think it uh, was really, it's been really helpful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for that, um, for that user testing, all we did is we created a couple of templates of pages in WordPress, um, so, uh, one built using classic editor, so to be clear, not templates, not page templates. Yes, sorry. So yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Terminology. Right. Uh, we created a couple of example pages. Right. Um, one built using the classic editor, one built using uh, Gutenberg and matching everything we did in the classic editor, and then another one built using Gutenberg uh, that uh, took advantage of some of the new stuff that's possible in Gutenberg. And uh, what we asked our users to do is we had them recreate each page uh, in a fresh, uh, a fresh WordPress environment, first using the classic editor, then using Gutenberg, the two example pages. Um, and uh, as they did that, we, uh, we stuck them on a YouTube live broadcast so that we could record the video and record their screens and record their audio reactions and ask them to talk about what they were doing. And we got some great quotes out of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick DeBlantis in our uh, help desk, I think he's counting on his Gutenberg uh, test to launch a stand-up career. Like it was, it was a great, it was a great test. Yeah, he's pretty witty anyway, but he was definitely not holding back on his reactions, which which is useful. That's what you want in that. I mean, there were some people, of course, who did it. Anytime you do usability testing, you have to remind people to keep talking as they're doing it because you need to know what they're thinking about. Um, but that's where all the insight comes from. And I think what really stood out to me 
during that user testing was a lot of people had very strong reactions early on and very negative reactions early on. You know, nothing was where they thought it would be. Everything was different. Uh, again, uh, one of the Nick quotes was uh, something like, uh, why, why are they doing this to us? Right. And I would say that I think everybody has that reaction. It doesn't matter your experience with WordPress. Um, I certainly, like I said early on, when I first looked at it, I was like, no, this sucks. I'm in, no, I'm not doing this. No, close tab, done. Right. Um, but then by the end of the tests, like 30 minutes in, yeah. 30 minutes in, uh, most people were pretty positive. Um, right. Either they were enthusiastic about what they could do or they were just like, yeah, I'll get used to this. That's fine. Right. I, I would say there's a lot of shiny stuff in there. Um, and by the time you've put a couple minutes into it, it's pretty clear um, I think why they're doing this. And especially if you think about it more for the longer term or for how else blocks may manifest themselves throughout WordPress, uh, it, it's, it's pretty understandable um, what the advantages are. So if you, if you look at the Gutenberg plugin in the WordPress uh, plugin repo, you'll see that it's what, like two and a half stars or something. There's, there's definitely a lot of angry <laughs> people responding to that, but um it's, it's not so bad, folks. For those of you who haven't tried it yet, I encourage you to stick with it for a little bit. It's going to be okay. This is worth your time. Plus, it's not going anywhere. So you're really going to have to come around to it. Mm-hmm. So there were a few, um, I guess, trouble spots with our user testing. Um, the first thing is just that going in cold, nobody knows what anything is or where to go for anything or um, there's some icon confusion in some cases, uh, people who are used to having actual text on screen and being confused by the plus button or the little, the little eyeball button, which itself has been replaced by an actual preview button in the latest release. Yeah. With a little bit of hindsight where you're looking at it, the, the classic editor for WordPress seems kind of cluttered after you've used Gutenberg for a while. And it's very verbose and there's a lot of stuff in there that's, explaining what you need to do. And so when you do start in Gutenberg, it looks very, very sparse. And um, like Brian mentioned, there's like an eye icon, which is for preview. And boy, did that went right over my head. Um, there's, there's plenty of things that are difficult to find. Um, there's also some places where there's iconography for things like menus. You know, there's a three dots that show up on the far right hand side of each block. And that's a menu. Um, and, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about the user testing for me is inadvertently, we kind of mostly tested WordPress experts in part because we really thought that those would be the people who would have the biggest problems with this, right? We were counting on, um, like, if anybody was around back when uh, Microsoft Office upgraded to the ribbon, everybody who used, you know, who was a power user of Microsoft thought the ribbon was terrible because they couldn't find anything. And we were kind of anticipating the same sort of thing for uh, for Gutenberg, that people who were power users couldn't find the things they were looking for. That's not really the case. We're pretty smart people, as it turns out, and we're used to using these GUI interfaces for things, and so we know that the little three dots mean menu, but that's not the case for all of our other users, and when we did test the handful of people that aren't heavy WordPress users, they were the ones who really had a bigger problem. So, I mean, I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'm pretty sure most people on campus, any campus, still have faculty members who don't know that the three lines, the hamburger menu is a menu, right? That you can click on that and see the menu for the, the page. And 
those three dots, which are sort of similar to the hamburger, yeah, people definitely don't know that's a menu. They just look like, you know, three fancy dots. To make matters worse, they only show up based on where you're hovering. So trying to explain to people or, or having people, you know, move around the screen and explain what they were thinking, you know, those things went right over their heads. They totally missed, you know, the indicator that that, that was a menu and that gave, gave them options to do things. Uh, so there were a lot of places where that minimalist design uh, shot people in the foot, especially those people who weren't as accustomed to um to, to doing edits, the sort of uh, not the power users, but you know the the new users really struggled more than we expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I honestly was kind of surprised by that because a lot of a lot of what Gutenberg is trying to do is is inspired by these services like Wix or Squarespace or Medium that that really do um, you know they're 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 built for new people to just step in and build a website. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I, I mean, I haven't used those a lot cause hello WordPress all the time, right. but um, it's, I don't know what makes those work for other people except for my, my best guess here is, and I can speak to this cause the other big project that we have going on is that um, our HTML based web environment is going away and we have tons of faculty and staff who've been using it for years and are in total denial and won't let it go. And they don't want to use WordPress. Right. And that's the thing is, you know, I think Wix and Medium and Squarespace work great for, you know, sort of that newer generation that's used to a lot of iconography and all of their mobile devices and things like that. And then there's a lot of other people who don't spend time building web pages or using those kinds of interfaces and they, they need it spelled out and they really are struggling. And that's going to be a thing I think that we see over and over again mm-hmm. to our own detriment since we're trying to get, you know, all these faculty and staff into WordPress. But Right. Well, and, and I think this is uh, one easy takeaway, one easy win for any sort of Gutenberg support strategy is start with an icon glossary. You know? Right. Like, and we've talked is... about trying to do that. Right. Yeah. Because I think, I think that's a, that's one easy thing you can give to these users who are a little shell-shocked by the new interface. And I've just decided right this very second that we're going to start using this podcast for things that we want to suggest to anyone who listens that want to contribute to it. So, hey, everybody who wants to work on a common icon glossary for this kind of stuff, let me know. Uh, We don't mind hosting it. We can put something out there. You know, let's, let's get everybody to do this so that we can just point to it and then share it with everybody. All right. Volunteers, jump in. The two big takeaways from the user testing, um, from all the questions that we asked, and you know what, even when we tested ourselves, Brian started by, you know, interviewing me and recording me for the user testing, and I had the same same problem as everybody else. And the two reminders that you're just going to have to keep saying to everybody are, uh, don't forget about advanced settings on the far right, and try a different block. Because yeah. those are the two things that everybody did wrong. And you know why? Does everybody, you want to know why everybody does it wrong? It's because some of these blocks are stupid. Okay? I said it. Okay? <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble now, but here's where I get mad about things. Do you know that there is a quote block and there is a pull quote block? Why are there two quote blocks? They do I don't different understand. things. No. They, they do different things. They're no. Different. It's very slightly different things. It's going <laughs> to confuse that. 
Okay, there's also a subheading block now as of the latest version of Gutenberg. And we should also say Gutenberg is rolling out new versions what, about every two weeks. About every two weeks, yeah. Right. So, you know, all the stuff that we're saying could be completely moot in another two weeks when they come out with a new version and they actually listen to us and they're like, you're right, let's take out this pull quote thing. That's ridiculous. Actually, they like should take out both. quote, they should leave pull quote. I, I like them both. <laughs> <laughs> you like everybody. Um, yeah, and, and then also we uh, one of our exercises was to have people add a YouTube video, right? Yeah. Easy, makes sense. Just copy and paste the link, which you know and I know, and a lot of our users know. Um, but when you go to add a block, you're going to start by looking in blocks, and uh, the, one of the first blocks you're going to see is the video block, and it's going to make sense to you to add a video block to add a YouTube video. And guess what? That's not right. Um, if you try and add a YouTube video or any other kind of embed link, like Vimeo or something like that, all it's going to do is display that URL and it's not going to embed anything. You have to go to the embeds tab in the uh, ad for, for adding blocks in order to get to any of those. Um, ironically, it could be simpler where you can just copy and paste that URL into the paragraph block like you would have done in a traditional, con- you know, in the traditional editor. Mm-hmm. And that will also embed your um, video. So, I mean, the good news is it, it's it's easier than adding a block, really. Uh, the problem is people are going to get confused. They're going to try and use the wrong block. And honestly, it's hard to argue with a user who is trying to add a video with the video block. I mean, mm-hmm. you've kind of hit a wall there. You did the right thing. I, can't, I mean, I can't tell you that's a bad idea. So uh, we should also mention that it is possible to disable blocks. Mm-hmm. And... But just generally, as a support strategy, uh, you're going to be saying try a different block or um, uh, try this block in particular or something like that uh, uh, pretty regularly until people get the hang of it. Right. And then the other gotcha for us repeatedly was um, that nobody understood that there were advanced settings available on the far right. Mm-hmm. And truly, that makes sense. Um, the traditional editor has always had all of the uh, formatting options, editing options, anything like that was always at the top. If you were adding an image, if you were adding you know, short codes from whatever plugin, if you wanted to format anything, all of that showed up in the WYSIWYG editor and was all across the top. Um, and you know, the only time you look to the right is when you're ready to publish, when you were working on maybe your t- categories and tags or some other stuff, maybe your... Uh, uh, custom, sorry, uh, your image, whatever that's called. Featured image. Thank you, featured image. Um, but you just weren't used to doing any editing on the right, or certainly no significant editing with respect to what the content was. And people uh, don't know to look there. And then to make matters worse, the default view on that right-hand side is uh, is not your formatting options, it's your page options. So, the, you know, sort of your traditional page options about saving and things like that. Those show up, and then there's a separate tab for uh, editing and uh, for editing settings. And people just just didn't know that was over there. Just yeah. didn't and, look. And this is another one of those things where, after half an hour of using it, you start to get the hang of it. Right. Uh, but uh, you know, we had a slide in our our Guten Day presentation that was like, you know, like end users times thirty minutes equals how many support tickets, right. and that's sort of what we're looking at at a campus level is how how many bumps are there going to be when this starts rolling out? Yes. Um, and so to that end, one of the things that I talked about in my breakout session on, um, on Kuten Day was, 
you know, again, our campus is so decentralized. So in addition to, you know, every department having their own web group, every department has their own IT support and several have their own help desks or, you know, uh, at least you know, folks who answer questions in, uh, in our ticketing system, we use ServiceNow. So there's a lot of different places that questions might come in. Now, will the bulk of them land on us? Because we are, you know, the, the de facto uh, web support group on campus. Uh, yeah, a lot of them would land on us, but that's not necessarily a good thing. We need some help. Um, and a lot, you know, folks recognize that. So uh, already we have been talking about trying to get um, the various help desks together from campus and do a training session for them, do a Q&A for all of their uh, help desk and support staff. So that might be generalized IT support. It might be dedicated uh, help desk staff. Um, it might be our interns, uh, you know, various people like that. We're going to try and do a couple different sessions that are focused on them. Um, and ahead of that, prepare them um, with some things like, like that glossary that I talked about. Give me a, a DM if you want to contribute. Um, we're, we're already on the hunt for some really good video tutorials. We currently use the WPMU Dev video tutorials, and I'm really hoping that WPMU Dev is on top of this and working on uh, tutorials for Gutenberg. I admit I have not looked into that yet. Um, but so making video tutorials available to campus, uh, making sure that we have some pre-built um, knowledge base articles, which we can use in our ServiceNow environment for our staff to answer questions that we know we're going to see a lot of. Um, so there's a bunch of different resources that we're trying to get created ahead of time in addition to that training to make sure that as much as possible, we have people ready to um, help everyone who's confused. Mm -hmm. In Guten Day, we also spent some time looking at four different sort of upgrade scenarios and where the trouble spots might happen. Right. Um, so, uh, so on our campus, since again, we are a big, wildly decentralized campus where anything goes and there, there are no rules. <laughs> um, uh, we have a lot of different ways that people are using WordPress. The good news is because we have so many different ways, I feel like almost anyone who's listening is going to fall into one of those four. Like, right. I doubt there's a fifth scenario. I might be wrong. I would be very, I would love to hear what fifth scenario there is out there. Yeah. So, so scenario one is sort of vanilla WordPress. Um, you're using the content editor, the visual editor for managing content. You put your stuff in, um, you, you have a theme that outputs using the content function and you're done. Um, and the good news with, yeah, the, the good news with that sort of vanilla WordPress is, uh, when you upgrade to Gutenberg, uh, it goes pretty smoothly. Um, Hip, hip, hooray! Right. Minus, like, you just have old plugins that haven't been tested against WordPress 5.0 or whatever, um, which is a risk whenever you upgrade WordPress, and that's why you should keep your plugins up to date and blah, 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 all these things you already know. This public um, service announcement for us, you by Brian. Right. So, um, but yeah, upgrading with a regular sort of vanilla WordPress is pretty straightforward. Um, your your content in a post or a page all gets dumped into a classic block, which is the classic editor that we all know and love in the form of a block in Gutenberg. Um, and then you can just leave it there. Or if you want to break it up into uh, blocks and insert blocks in, you know, in between different paragraphs and stuff, 
that are currently there. Uh, you got you click your little three dots, you click convert to blocks, and Gutenberg breaks your content up into those blocks, and you're done. Um, and it goes pretty smoothly. Like I've done this on a couple of really simple test sites, and I haven't really run into any issues. Every now and then, if there's custom HTML that I've typed in, uh, Gutenberg will either leave that in a classic block or dump it into a custom HTML block. But that's, um, you know, that's pretty painless. Yeah, the nice thing is WordPress uh, Gutenberg developers have thought about those scenarios. Um, and, and of course, you know, the simplest version should always be the one that works without any issues. Uh, but it really does, it really is prepared to, to do things properly. And, you know, even beyond that, it really does degrade properly. We'll talk about some of these other scenarios too where there's other stuff. But um, honestly, in a lot of cases, you can leave a page the way it is and edit it in the classic editor. And as Brian said, there's not even necessarily a need to break it out into custom, into the separate blocks until the time comes to, um, you know, like you want to add an image, you want to add a video, you need to really start reorganizing, reconstructing the page in some significant way. Right. So then scenario number two is the boat that we're in for a lot of our clients and a lot of the work we've done. Uh, we really like our short codes and we really like short codes that are, they're using shortcake for their previewing and user interface and all that. Uh, if you're a person who really likes short codes and if you know what shortcake is, uh, which again is, you know, the plugin by which you can, preview those short codes in the content editor. Um, that's what we have on uh, 90% of our sites. I think that's probably true yeah. uh, of the ones that we manage. And it's not as smooth as the vanilla WordPress scenario, but it goes okay. Um, so again, all of your content gets dumped into a classic block. Again, you don't have to break it up until you want to break it up. Um, the downside is that your short codes lose their nice little preview that Shortcake gave them, if you're using that, um, and they get stuck into a short code block. And, uh, you know, it's it's actually, it's, it's a pretty painless process. Um, again, if your users are used to that pretty Shortcake interface, they may be a little startled by lots of square brackets. But this is on the back end. It still renders on the front end. Right. So there's there's like no need to, you know, breathe into a paper bag. It's right. And there's no reason functions. that there's no reason that WordPress would ever break short codes. Right. Especially. You know, even though blocks are moving us forward to a point where short codes are a lot less necessary, you know, they WordPress's commitment to backwards compatibility, you know, this is a fundamental feature of WordPress that's just not going to go anywhere. Yeah, there's too many things in shortcodes. The fact that they have a block dedicated to shortcodes, you know, is indicative of the fact that's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. so. so then scenario number three is uh, building themes with advanced custom fields. And uh, so... We should really say that this is, arguably, it's any sites with a custom post type. Because truly, any custom post type is going to be using Gutenberg as an editor. And so depending on how your custom post type has been built, there may be issues. But specifically, right. ACF is, you know, the, the biggest offender. And for our campus, um, 
we, we, while we don't develop an ACF that often, except for under sort of extreme circumstances, there are other people on campus who have used ACF a lot. So for, for our good day, this was a big one to cover. Right. And I guess, so just sort of philosophically, we've always been opposed to using custom fields to manage content because it's stored in the post meta table, not in the, in the posts table. Um, and that has sort of, I think that's put us in opposition to much of the WordPress world. Uh, but, but now we're, now we're right. Now- <laughs> yeah, it is paying off for us. So, you know, we're going to take a minute and do a little dance that you guys yeah. can't see, but it's, I promise it's happening. I, I will, I mean, like, so I said this at good day, I'm going to say it again here. And that is that WordPress, um, you know, it has posts and it has pages and it, you know, of course gave us the ability to create custom post types, which it needs to do. We all need that. There's going to be a time when we need something besides posts and pages. So duh, make it, make it possible. The problem is after they gave us that, they just like dropped it and walked away and they didn't give us any way to really interact with it aside from uh, what we built to do that. And ACF was certainly the most popular of all the tools for uh, interacting with those custom post types and then making the fields as dynamic and cool as possible. And so we, we all jumped on that train and some of us jumped on it more than others. But yeah, like Brian said, there's other tools that will do this. And I'm honestly not sure how all the other tools do it. But the, the fact that ACF does post meta is a concern and has been a concern for us for a long time. Um, and the reason why we avoided it. Um, and, and again, WordPress is, is sort of finally picking up this ball and saying, okay, you're right. Custom, uh, custom post types are cool and we should let you do something with it. And now they are doing that. So uh, if you haven't jumped into it yet, they have page templates available and that's going to allow you to take those custom post types and do um, actually do stuff with them and make pages much more functionally and uh, easily. Right. Block templates. Right. Yes. Using block templates. Right. What did I say? Page templates, but that's okay. Block templates. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, so with ACF, the upgrade process honestly isn't that bad either. Uh, ACF-powered custom fields don't break. They, uh, they still basically work, and the, what bugs there are, um, the ACF people are working really hard on cleaning up. The downside is if you've built a theme or parts of a theme all around you know, look, looking for and displaying uh, certain custom fields using ACF functions, and um, and you're not really using the content function very much. Uh, you're not really getting anything out of Gutenberg, um, and your users, when when that switch happens and they see the new Gutenberg editor, they may start trying to add blocks, or they may start trying to use all the new features, and nothing really is going to happen. Um, yeah, depending on how your theme is built, chances are that stuff will render. Right. And we should also maybe take a second to have a more technical discussion about how um, how Gutenberg works on the back end uh, yeah. with respect to... So Gutenberg uses uh, the WordPress API, which is good. It needs to. Um, the REST API. Sorry, yeah, the REST API. Um, 
which again is a different thing from what's been done in the past. So it is worth noting that if you have a custom post type that you've created, uh, you may need to go back and modify that to make sure that if you do want it to interact with the Gutenberg editor, that you have the REST API functionality turned on for that uh, custom post type. Because otherwise you're gonna have, have problems. Uh, and to that end, you're also gonna have issues. We ran into some problems with our hosting environment where uh, a mod security rule was interfering with uh, how the REST API saved for Gutenberg. And so we had to go back and modify that in our hosting environment. So, yeah. And the, the message when that wasn't working wasn't super helpful. It was just like saving <laughs> failed. Right. Um, uh, so that took a little bit of tweaking. Um, and if, you know, if you have questions, obviously feel free to ping us on Slack or something, but this is some stuff that we've worked through that hopefully we have fixed for our campus, but we know people will continue to have issues with, mm-hmm. um, in, with other hosting providers. Um, yeah. And then, so with custom fields, the only other thing I want to mention is uh, now is maybe a great time to rethink how custom fields work, um, how we use post meta. Uh, so there's a, great plugin and a blog post that goes with it um, exploring some of those possibilities. Uh, the plugin is called Gutenberg Custom Fields and it's really looking at how you can build a block in Gutenberg and have uh, information that's going to display to your users also save as metadata and then you can build a custom WordPress loop on that metadata or something like that. I think there's a lot of potential, a lot, a lot of potential for things that we've been using um, custom field management, post meta management tools for. Uh, so I, I don't think anything like ACF is ever going to go away. I think it's got a very useful uh, role in in you know sufficiently complex website, but um, Gutenberg gives us a lot of possibilities so that we don't have to be using ACF for things like templating anymore. And that's really exciting to me. Right. And, you know, sort of that excitement comes with a lot of overhead, maybe, depending on how you build things. So, you know, that's kind of tempered our excitement because certainly don't misunderstand. Of course, we use shortcake and our shortcodes the most, but we still have sites in advanced custom fields and plenty of other sites that have to be migrated um, with with other crazy stuff we'll talk about in a minute. But um, nothing, you know... ACF still allows things to function post Gutenberg. Um, it might not be ideal. And certainly in almost every case, we know that when we get a chance, we want to go back and repurpose those themes or the plugins that we're using or, you know, whatever that interface is for those sites to, to be better. Um, but for the most part, these things are, are going to keep functioning um, past, past 5.0. Mm-hmm. So that's the good news. Right. And then the fourth scenario for and then the panic moment right is if you are using a page building plugin or some sort of uh, page building thing like a Divi theme or something like that. And um, you know, I I sometimes I think developers are kind of hard on page building plugins. They're not bad tools. I think that they're very useful, but. Um, now is the time to make sure that whoever's page building plugin you're using, uh, that they have a plan. Um, because there are definitely good page building plugins and bad page building plugins. And yeah. I don't want to name and, any names, but I know of one bad page building plugin whose reaction to Gutenberg was, 
let's add some code to our uh, let's add some code to our plugin that will just disable Gutenberg when WordPress 5.0 comes. Yeah, so that's um, that's to your classic head in the sand response. Um, because again, Gutenberg's not going away. And I really admire and I'm super excited, honestly, really thrilled about ACF making changes um, to work with Gutenberg and things like, you know, the events calendar and uh, Gravity Forms and, you know, all these other plugins that we use and that we've been paying attention to. And we know that they're, they're paying attention to Gutenberg and they're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when you hear about Okay, let's not name the names, but you know the, the people that are in total denial, like this doesn't matter. We're not going to do this. We can do our own thing. The other thing, um, just as concerning, is you know there's plugins that do these these page uh, site builders, but there's more themes. Like how many theme forest themes have you seen that tried to do something like this? That I know, um, you know, when you turn those bad boys on, yeah. The stuff stuff's going wrong. The things are going sideways. I'm trying really hard not to curse right now. It's going to go badly. <laughs> um, unmaintained theme, theme right? All those theme wars themes are are going to explode. You know those those super fancy ones that have their own content type for like portfolio and testimonials and all these other things that you know are just not even going to. Uh, oh. So. <laughs> This is when I get depressed. This is the sad portion of your podcast, folks. So those are four upgrade scenarios, and they they span a spectrum from everything's great and everything's going to go really easily to now, oh, no, no. now's the time to start making a plan. Right. Oh, that's a nice way of saying it. You're right. Sorry. Don't, don't go, oh, no. Say, oh, I need a plan. Right. And so that's sort of the takeaway that we wanted to give our, our developers, because we do have some developers on campus who do lean it do lean on things like Divi or Visual Composer or Beaver Builder or other tools like that. And again, they're not bad tools, but you want to make sure that you have a plan and you want to make sure that you're communicating or or at least reading what uh, what the vendor has to say about, about um, how they're going to work with Gutenberg and where things are going to go. Um, Depending on your campus and your place on your campus, it may be that you have a lot of people showing up on your doorstep asking for help with their their sites that have themes and plugins like that, mm-hmm. which we also anticipate. Right. Uh, and I guess the other big thing we need to talk about here is what that what that process looks like. What happens when WordPress 5.0 drops? So, okay, it's April 15th, and Matt Mullenweg has decided to drop WordPress 5.0 the same day that your taxes are due, just to <laughs> screw with you. What do you do, Brian? What do you do? Well, uh, I breathe a sigh of relief because my taxes are done. <laughs> Show off. Uh, so, yeah. So um, you sort of have a few different choices for upgrading to Gutenberg. Um, option number one is to start right now with the Gutenberg plugin. Uh, I think in our in our slides, we, we call it this controlling your own destiny. Um, and that's great because uh, it's not going to be a surprise. Um, it's uh, it's an opportunity for you to introduce Gutenberg to your users a little at a time, you know, one website at a time, something like that. Um, and, you know, it's an opportunity for you to go on the journey with the Gutenberg team as changes are made 
to the user interface and you see what, well, that's not a plus button anymore. Where did that go? Things like that. Right. Um, so again, we already said this, but like Gutenberg is getting updates about every two weeks. So things change here and there. And that can be a little confusing if you do choose to do the implementing Gutenberg early process. Mm -hmm. That being said, we have done this and I'm going to give the scenarios where we've turned on Gutenberg already. Mm -hmm. And those are for our environment, Mm -hmm. um, albeit in a controlled way for specific sites in our multi-site environment for uh, our uh, overarching department. Uh, we have done this for a few of our groups on campus, including one group who we had user testing done for a couple of folks in that group. So they really had, had gotten that 20 or 30 minutes of playing around with Gutenberg already. And uh, they, again, also have a multi-site, so it's not turned on on all their multi-sites, but it's available in their environment to be activated on a case-by-case basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done this on a couple of smaller standalone sites for uh, con- you know, users who have uh, you know, the expertise and can handle it and are uh, controlled environments with limited numbers of content editors. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of the three scenarios where we've already turned it on. And the nice thing about this and why I would encourage you to do it now is because, A, it means that you and your other people are using it day to day. And you're that much more comfortable when the time comes. And you're finding all the, the you know, problems along the way. And you're also getting feedback from your users about the things that they are having the biggest issues with. So controlling your own destiny. Two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And then your next option is to um, just update when WordPress 5.0 drops and go along with uh, the normal update process. And that's great too. Uh, all the major um, all the major bugs should be worked out in Gutenberg by the time WordPress 5.0 drops. Yeah, if you wanted to, you know, wait a day or two for the inevitable, hey, here's, you know, 5.0.1 or .2, you know, for these other weird things that we found, sure, do that. But I don't think we're going to wait too long. Right. Um, the I guess what makes me most nervous about something like that is the number of campus users who will have something new put in front of them all in the span of a couple of days. Right. And, and so, again, for those who are listening, who aren't aware of our environment, we, uh, among our other web clients and our own internal stuff, we also manage the WordPress blogs environment and a pay for pay hosted WordPress environment. Um, and those, those environments have over individually over 10,000 sites and another with about 60 sites. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to choose very carefully when we make the change for those two environments. Right. Um, and how many users we're going to impact and all that. Right. Um, and then your third option is to uh, install the classic editor plugin, which is going to um, let you revert back to the, the classic editor that we all know and love and have known for 12 years now um, until you're ready to disable it and move that site to Gutenberg. The key, the key with the classic editor plugin, I think, and, and this is, a point that we tried to make a few times in our, in our Gutenberg presentation is that uh, the classic editor shouldn't be something that you bank on for the rest of time. Um, it's something that buys you a couple of months to figure out what you're going to do to upgrade your sites to Gutenberg and get everything to work okay. 
Yeah, you notice that Brian's fourth option was not just don't update. Right. Okay, it was update to 5.0 and then install the classic editor plugin. And and the thing is, we don't want, like, none of us wants to fall behind. There's, uh, as we move forward into our Guten future, um, <laughs> uh, everything is going to start being built for blocks. Everything is going to start being built for Guten-y things. And you don't want to. You don't want to have to be in a position where your website is running all five-year-old plugins that haven't been updated or something like that. Well, you don't want that to be. That's never what you want. But I'm glad you said that because I am really excited to see that there will no doubt be this whoosh of um, a million new WordPress plugins that are all Gooby, right? That do all the things that we've traditionally liked uh, out of our, our site before, but do it in Gutenberg. Um, and I think that's going to be exciting. I can't wait to see how long it takes uh, for different groups to try to figure out ways to have blocks that can then be added to widgets and used in the sidebar. Uh, I, for one, can't wait to see what comes with WordPress 5.0 in terms of the 2018 theme, because I have a feeling that's got to be all gutened up, right? And uh, I think that's going to be, if it's well done, hopefully a great example of how powerful Gutenberg can be and a great place to start jumping off for child themes. So right. those are some some big things that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, th- this is a scary moment, but it's an opportunity too. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to inspire a lot of people to do new things. And in case you haven't caught on to this, folks, this is job security. <laughs> <laughs> Serious job security. Uh. Everything we've talked about so far brings us up to about the 11 o'clock in the morning point in our all-day-long Gutenberg Developer Day. Um, And you'll notice this is all just sort of background information before anybody starts looking at code. Um, And I think that sort of, that underscores just how much, uh, just how much is changing. It's not just a matter of... Uh, WordPress developers needing to learn how React works or learn more JavaScript. It's it's all these pieces of our jobs, all these all these things that we all do. I mean, especially in higher ed, this sort of hybrid role of I'm a developer, but I'm also a site administrator, and also sometimes I build the content. This is a really big change, and there are a lot of moving parts. But let's talk a little bit about you know the actual code that you're going to need to know. In addition to this podcast, we are writing a blog post for the WP Campus blog where we're going to um, include some links. I think we're probably going to have links to our Guten Day slides and then to a couple of other resources. But just in in, in very uh, general terms, there are code changes that you're going to need to know about that you can add to your themes to make your themes play nicely with Gutenberg. And then there's all the JavaScript fun that's going to be building custom blocks. Right. So to sort of break that out a little bit more, um, the CSS is something that we probably all need to be paying attention to regardless, because this is going to be uh, what, how blocks uh, change what your content looks like in your theme. Uh, You know, Gutenberg comes with sort of default styles for anything that it's adding. And and those work. Generally speaking, I think they've been great and, you know, very minimalistic. But if you wanted to do extra styling, that's stuff that you may have to do uh, for your themes uh, or plugins. Uh, And then the other part is, of course, the the actual building of 
any other blocks you want to do and uh, really starting to dig into React to, mm-hmm. um, to, to extend the, what's available. Mm-hmm. You also have some, some fun stuff at the theme level to um, uh, editor CSS, which was always an option in TinyMCE, but I think is more significant now in Gutenberg, uh, all the things you can do to style the editor experience to make it a real WYSIWYG experience, make it, make what you're putting in on the back end look like what you're going to end up with on the front end. And in case it's not clear, this is, Brian loves this, and I agree this is good. I mean, the shortcake, short short codes, uh, that was really the intent of that, right? To give you a really one-to-one experience where what you see in the editor is what you see on your site. And this is, without question, the best way to build something, best for your users. There's less confusion all around. Um, but that's always been something that's optional. And frankly, a lot of us don't take the time to do it, right? To do this, the extra styles to make sure that what shows up in the editor looks like what's going to show up on your site. Mm-hmm. And the same rules apply for Gutenberg, where you're going to have to make that extra effort. But arguably, it's a little easier to do here, and it's just as worthwhile. Right. Um, uh, there's also Gutenberg comes with wide align and full align support for um, breaking images or... Um, at really anything that supports a little Gutenberg uh, alignment utility to have it um, break the container boundaries for your uh, for your main containing element for your content. And that's uh, there's some links that we can share to some really good resources for that. But that's just a fun style element that that you see all over all over the web and especially all over NC State websites. Yeah, it's a big part of our brand, so we're certainly happy to see it. And it was something that we made sure to include extra code for. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that's useful for others too. Right. Uh, Gutenberg gives you the ability to define um, uh, your own color palette. So certain blocks in Gutenberg come with uh, color selector tools and you can define a color palette that matches your school's uh, campus brand or something like that. Um, and that's a very simple code snippet that you can add pretty easily. Um, so again, campuses doing a little brand dance. Yeah. Right. Yeah, anybody who's in the communications office uh, who's listening to this is going to hopefully be glad that their NC State users aren't using UNC Blue anymore. <laughs> right, because ironically, that is one of like the default colors. Yeah, um, we should also say, Blue. yeah, it does also include you know some alerts when you have poor color choices. Right. So if there's contrast issues, it, it may still allow you to do it, but it's at least going to pop up and say, you shouldn't be doing this. This may not be legible. Um, so that's good, which probably leads us into a conversation we need to have about accessibility for Gutenberg. Yeah, I guess that that's a good thing to talk about here. So, um, accessibility is important and Gutenberg has had, they know it's important. They they do know it's important. Um, so the WordPress accessibility team has started doing some really serious Gutenberg testing, um, and has revealed some keyboard traps and some uh, really, I think some, it's it's not too bad, um, but there's definitely some stuff that's hard to get to with a keyboard. There's room for improvement. And I'm really hoping that over the next couple of weeks, uh, the feedback that the Gutenberg team gets from the accessibility team is going to lead to, to some fixes for that. I, I will also throw in here that I would be very surprised if they release Gutenberg without it being WCAG 2.0 compliant. Yeah, surprised and disappointed. 
Yeah, both, yes. So I, I do sort of think, I mean, that might be something that pushes them back a little since they're not quite there yet, but I, I don't I don't think it's going to slow them down too much, and I think they know it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then, uh, let's see, so in terms of uh, code that developers need to know about, the next cool thing before we start getting into JavaScripty stuff is probably um, block templates. Woohoo! Block and, templates! Yes, I love block templates so, so much. Um, <clears throat> so block templates, for anybody who hasn't seen them before, um, when you register a custom post type or a page template, uh, now you also have the ability to um, define a template for that custom post type uh, in inside your register custom post type function um, and your template that you're defining is a collection of blocks. Uh, you can say you want your your custom post type to always start with three paragraph blocks and a heading and an image or something like that. Um, and then you can set uh, different parameters for each of those blocks. So you can set placeholders, you can set up uh, uh, your image alignment, left or right, or whatever. Um, and then you can lock it so that your users can't change it or can't move blocks around or can't add any new blocks. And this is pretty cool because you can build out, uh, again, a, a, a genuine WYSIWYG experience, assuming that you've themed or you've styled your uh, your editor to match the, C- the, the theme CSS, you can build a genuine WYSIWYG experience where your users are um, <clears throat> putting in information into fields that you've defined for them that will output in the exact same way that they see it in their editor. And you, the developer, have some control, some some ability to set guardrails to make sure that they don't um, Help do them make good choices. Wild. Yeah, right. so, that make, so that they make good choices so that your your pretty course catalog uh, post type that every you know every course has its own um, its own defined items that have to be in it that they don't start adding YouTube videos or whatever to that too. So I think there's a lot of potential there and I'm really excited to start building more block templates and I actually sent an email to somebody yesterday trying to uh, nudge them in the direction of me converting a project into block templates. Let us play. Right. Because I, I, I want to try all the new cool toys. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of potential here. Uh, there's a lot of things that lend themselves um, to block templates being a solution. And then the nice thing is, again, all this stuff is saved in WP Posts. It's, you know, you know not in the post meta. And it... You know, in theory, transitions, uh, we have the same sort of issues where your template or your theme has to be, you know, capable of handling some of that. But uh, at the end of the day, this is sort of uh, the next step that I think we were looking for with respect to the the payoff of uh, custom post types, you know, working better for WordPress. Mm -hmm. So for the developers who are listening, um, the next step is going to be writing JavaScript and right. writing Reacty sort of JavaScript. And uh, I don't think just reading code out loud works in podcast format very well. No. Um, what might but, help, though, is don't forget to install Node. Yeah, so so that that is a thing. Um, with the switch to JavaScript, I think there is a higher barrier to entry 
for developers who want to do cool stuff. It's very helpful to be familiar with React. It's not necessarily required, but it's it's a really helpful, I mean, that's just... Right, and without having any real functional experience in JavaScript, so I don't actually know what I'm talking about, what I hear is that it's not super reacty. It's more of a uh, WordPress JavaScript functionality. So once you get used to how WordPress is doing it, React is still helpful, but it's not certainly not required. You're going to be able to learn this, and um, you know, once you get the hang of it, build blocks and you know repeatable functions. Mm-hmm. So that's that's good, and that's important. Um, that's one of the things that we're working on for uh, the we're working on blocks for NC State. So we're looking to replace our NC State short codes um, with NC State blocks, and the the process that we're in now along with the rest of our you know working on converting our sites and training and transitioning users is is also trying to come up with um, transitioning to blocks uh, and creating the these NC state blocks that uh, expand upon the blocks that are available already to do things that we have in our brand or that we want to make available to our campus users so help me Brian what are some of the blocks that we're focused on yeah, so like, um, just as a really simple example, uh, NC State websites really like to have what we call major links, where it's just a hyperlink, but it's a little bit bigger than the text around it, and it's got a little animated arrow that scoots to the right, and you hover over it, and people people love those, uh-huh. um, and uh, and so there's not really a clear way to do it in either the classic editor or in Gutenberg. In the classic editor, we solved that with short codes. And in Gutenberg, uh, we've built a major link block. Um, it's basically a ripoff of the native Gutenberg button block, but now it major links. And you'll notice he said it's a ripoff of an existing block. And that's going to be something that you hear a lot of. For right. example, we also ripped off the recent post block and then just sort of styled it and made it more functional for NC State specifically. And that's going to replace, you know, the sort of traditional recent post block for anybody using our NC State blocks. Right. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. Or if there is, somebody's going to have to tell us because we're super going down that road. Well, I mean, it's it's finding ways to take advantage of of code that we already have in front of us. And, and I mean, WordPress is an open source project. So the the great thing about all these new Gutenberg blocks that are being created is we can see how they work and use them as inspiration. So some of the other blocks that we are working on, um, we have a lot of icon uh, iconography for our campus. So we're going to try and make that available. Uh, probably more than making a block for icons, it will be, um, you can build components within um using React and and, uh, the blocks and then add those to multiple blocks. And uh, the other, some of the other ones that we're working on are, uh, we've also talked about, and this is probably one of the next ones that we'll do is a helper block. So at least to start with, if you have NC State blocks installed, there's going to be some kind of helper block at the top that won't display on a published page, but that will be there on the back end to sort of help orient people uh, this is one of those documentation sort of things that we're trying to um, start out with, anticipating that people are going to have issues. So that's uh, those are those are some of our priorities. And then we have the the daydream blocks, the blocks yeah. that, that we hope for one day. Well, and I think where blocks are going to start getting really interesting is um, so 
there's potential for blocks communicating back and forth, having uh, conditional and relational blocks. Um, you know, you put in one block and that opens up more possibilities for other blocks to follow it. Or you change one setting of a block and it communicates that setting to another block and that block changes. Right. And then like, so already there's the option to save blocks, right? Um, the reusable blocks concept. Um, and I'm really curious to see how that works with blocks together. So kind of in the idea of the block template, is it possible to have several blocks tied together and then make that a reusable block in and of itself? Um, so coming up with common block layouts or templates um, has some potential but all this gets back to um, there. this is a different way of thinking about WordPress and a different way of thinking about how we as developers are interacting with WordPress. Um, different, right. different ways of how we're bending WordPress to do what we want it to do. Um, and Jen alluded to this earlier when she mentioned Node. Um, so there are some tools out there that will make working with, uh, make working with blocks a lot easier. Um, there's a great uh, Create Guten Block function um, uh, that we'll link to in our blog post um, that uh, helps you get started um, building a new block. But there is a barrier to entry to using some of those tools. There are some assumptions about having Node.js installed in your environment and things like that and uh, in your development environment. And, uh, you know, as I think a lot of people have come into the WordPress world starting with let me just install a theme and some plugins and see how far I can get. And then I'm going to start tinkering with the CSS. And, and I'm then going to kick some PHP here and there. PHP. Yeah. And now there's going to be a much bigger jump. And we say that without judgment because both of us are tinkerers of PSP, yeah, PHP, not, and CSS. Neither, <laughs> but, neither of us have any like real education in what we're doing. Right, right. And we're totally counting on the Miles and Brian people of the world to solve all these JavaScript problems for us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it is going to be a different experience for a lot of users. Um, it's it's going to be different troubleshooting. It's going to be, there's going to be a lot of changes here. Mm -hmm. And so uh, one of the things that somebody posted in, in Slack when we, when we asked for uh, what people were interested in with Gutenberg, somebody asked for, um, quote, a real block building guide slash tutorial. Um, so, Shit, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I guess there are definitely resources that we've found useful that we're linking to in our blog post that we're publishing with this. But, um, you know, I think we're all sort of in, in the same boat trying to figure this out as we go. Right. I mean, uh, unfortunately, our GitHub environment is uh, locked down. We have a dedicated NCSU environment, so we can't share all of that stuff with you. But uh, a lot of the tools that we have are, are are just stolen from those that Brian's talking about that have you, you know, give you some stuff as a jumping off point. Um, and so, yeah, I would certainly encourage you to, you know, install Node, get your development environment ready for JavaScript, and then play with some of those things. You know, come up with an idea for a really simple block, like the uh, major links block or something like that. Don't go overboard. Maybe just start by modifying an existing block and repurposing it to do something that you want. Um, and then, you know, kick the tires on that. If you want, simplify it some more. Like I mentioned before, there are ways to uh, disable blocks so that people can't see them. And certainly, I feel like that is going to be a thing that we're going to be investigating. Um, mm -hmm. I want to help our users make good choices. And sometimes hiding the subheadings block option is doing that. 
Um, so this is, uh, you, know, you want to be careful about doing that, of course. Um, but th- those are all things where you can start to play with uh, how those blocks are going to work for your campus. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Jen. So we we held a Guten Day. We spent all day with about 30 web developers from across campus and actually a few guests from other North Carolina schools too. Yep. Um, we learned a lot. Um, hopefully we taught people a lot or they learned a lot. Um, is there anything you would do differently for a Guten Day if you were to do it at another campus? If hmm. we take the show on the road? <laughs> um, I don't know that I would change that much. Um, I feel like it's it's kind of a heavy lift. The morning we do a lot of talking at people, which is a little disheartening, but um, that's what we've just done for the last hour or two. So there, and there's just a lot to be aware of. And I feel like we've tried to come at this from a bunch of different angles. Um, and we've learned a lot already. Um, and that, you know, that informs kind of what our next steps are, which is really starting that major communications push. So that was one of the things that we started this podcast talking about. So maybe it's appropriate we, we end on it. And that is just that we've done our, uh, our Guten Day for developers, but we are just starting to talk to those end users and to the rest of campus. So like after I'm done with this, I have to go and prepare to write some um, posts that are going to go out to uh, IT folks on campus and just general, um, you know, general campus IT news that's going to talk about Gutenberg and that it's coming. And uh, then I have to finish up my slides for Gutenberg for content creators, which our first class of that's tomorrow. And then our first class for Gutenberg for site administrators is Thursday. Um, and then, you know, again, trying to get together a meeting of help desk managers uh, to, to figure out a good time to do training and uh, try to learn more about what other resources we can make available to support staff on campus to help them. Because uh, quite frankly, I, mean, I I desperately, desperately hope that WordPress gives us a little more notice than they traditionally do for a major update. Um, if, if it's like a Tuesday afternoon and somebody, you know, happens to notice that 5.0 dropped, sh- yo, people, we're going to clear our calendars because things are going to get crazy around here. Um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, I want us to have a good sense of what we're going to do for, for all of our sites, for all of our environments. Um, and we have plenty of them. We need to have a plan for them. Even if the plan is this thing is a mess and I don't want to touch it. And, you know, we're just going to install the classic editor and head in our head in the sand with this, with these guys for a while. That's a plan. <laughs> it's not a good plan. <laughs> But it's a plan. Um, and then, yeah, as much as we, you know, the more people we can put in Gutenberg now and front load that process, we're going to do that. So um, working on, you know, making those changes and then letting people know that this is happening and how they can prepare for it. That's that's the best thing I think that you can do. So I'm going to ask you that question again on a scale of one to ten. How scared are you of the Gutenberg, of the Gutenpocalypse? One to ten. I didn't actually give a one to ten last time. Is is one like not scared and ten is? Uh, I'm yeah. I'm, ten is you're working. I may as well end it because it's just yeah. gonna it's just gonna get me. Let's see. Um, I again, I do feel like we're in pretty good shape. My biggest concern for us, and this is just 
for us, although I have a feeling lots of other people will have this thought as well, is that this is an overwhelming amount of work to take on in addition to our regular work. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully I feel this more than the rest of you guys do, you meaning Brian and Miles and Lauren, because I'm, I'm sort of the team lead. And so I have to like divvy up what you guys do and I don't want to overwhelm you with stuff, but I definitely feel like the, the management of this plus our, our regular workload um, and, and right now this is still manageable, right? Like right now we're still managing how much time we spend on this, but when, when it gets here, that, that amount of control is going to, is going to go away. So yeah, that's, that's scaring me a lot. So I would say I'm at like a six, five, four, you know, you again after, you just fuck yourself all the way back down to one. No, definitely not to one. I think I think I'm at like a four. I do feel like we're we're pretty prepared. Uh, I'll feel better when I know how our trainings go this week because we've put some time into these into these classes, and if we know that they're in good shape, we don't have to keep editing them or work, you know, tweaking them. Then then that's good. But but like that's another thing that we have going on. Yes, we normally teach WordPress classes, but we're teaching what like six extra classes this month for WordPress for content creators and site administrators, and that's a mm-hmm. that's a heavy lift right there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely extra work. Um, so make sure your bosses know. Put this in your work plan. It's it's a thing. I'm serious. It's so this has been. Me and Jen talking all about Gutenberg at NC State. Hopefully, uh, the fact that Gutenberg is coming isn't a surprise to you. Um, and hopefully, some of this has been helpful for uh, just hearing how it's happening at our campus and hopefully helpful for you at your campus. Uh, if you do want to learn more about our Guten Day at NC State, uh, be sure to check out our blog post on the WP Campus blog. And uh, we're going to have some awkward photos of me and Jen and Miles and Lauren um, waving our hands leaders, around, pointing, right. pointing yeah. at slides. Um, so you can, you can see all that too. A few other quick notes before we uh, wrap up. If you haven't heard, WB Campus is heading to St. Louis. Woo-hoo! Just announced. Um, so uh, the 2018 conference will be at Washington University in St. Louis from July 12th to July 14th. Um, and so as always, you can visit 2018.wpcampus.org for all the details. Um, Just a reminder for the podcast, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and on Google Play by searching for WP Campus Podcast using those search tools. And you can listen to each episode and follow the links to more information that we include with each episode at wpcampus.org slash podcast. And we are going to try to do these a little more regularly. I don't know if you've gotten this impression or not, but Gutenberg has consumed our lives over the last few <laughs> months. So the podcast has fallen off the radar a little bit. Uh, you um, yeah, be sure to follow at WPCampus.org on Twitter for any announcements um, and also for news and updates about this podcast itself. But uh, any of news and announcements about the WP Campus community and other things that are of interest to WordPress and higher ed people. And if you have a suggestion for this podcast, please tweet it at WPCampusOrg, and we will see it. So, uh, Jen, do you I, have any... I would you? just add that we would love to hear back from folks about uh, if this was useful information, because, again, we're still 
trying to communicate this out. You're not the only people who are interested in this. We're also looking at presenting on something like this at uh, WordCamp Raleigh. Um, and if, if any of this was useful, if you took it and ran with it and it worked great or bombed, uh, if you have completely different experiences on your campus, uh, please, please share with us. Twitter, uh, we're at OIT, are we at OIT Design. Did I just yeah. that? Yeah. At OIT Design. Um, and of course, you know, you can ping us at WP Campus too. We're paying attention to that and we're, and we're you, happy to hear back. And if you, if you hold a Guten Day on your campus for your developers, your content creators, uh, I think we would all love to see pictures of that. Uh, <laughs> yes, but, we just want pictures. We, yeah, pictures. <laughs> we want to know how it goes too. Uh, chocolate chip cookies are are good go conversation well. starter. Yeah. Um, and basically, uh, Brian held them over everybody's head until they agreed to like build a block or something. <laughs> um, and yeah, so uh, share how Gutenberg goes for you, and remember, we're all in this together. <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> you know, unless you want to jump over to Drupal. Go for it. Uh, the, on that optimistic note, <laughs> uh, uh, we'll see you next time.